Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Welcome to the show. Look at this mid-March already, gentlemen. Yep. Really? What's going Looks on? Looks like December to me. It doesn't look like March. <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't see snow in December. <laughs> yeah, I did. Frank it snowed in December, didn't it? <laughs> Frank is here. Frank is here. Paul is here. It's a time change weekend, gentlemen, which gives you more time to get your house inspected. You get a little more daylight now. Yes. Less sleep, God. though. Yeah, less, less sleep, sleep this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Less sleep tonight. Yeah. yeah oh, but well. Us old guys, we don't need as much sleep. You mean you two old guys? See a lot of white there, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I also see a little bit of Grecian formula in his hair. I think it's oh, a little darker this week. I don't know. They call this platinum blonde, boys. I've told you that okay. before. Yeah, you, yeah, notice, you, with that. you notice Paul's hair is getting shorter and shorter the whiter it gets. So as it gets lighter, it, he'll be just bald completely. Can't wait to see him in a couple of weeks when I buy him breakfast again. Hopefully we get back to the studio sooner than yeah. later. Yeah, it won't be long now. I got a, I got an excellent feeling. What do you, what do you expect after two years, guys? Two years. This has been incredible. Yeah. I, I'm loaded. My, my, my pockets are just like the, the weight in my wallet is incredible for the money I've saved. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're two days away from when this world shut down two years ago. Two days away. Yeah, well, it was announced a pandemic two years ago yesterday, so. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the world shut down. They, they canceled travel uh, as of the 14th. Everything shut down but real estate. Boy, real estate never took, I mean, it went the other way. Yeah, well, so it what, did. No, no, but it shut down for about two months. I mean, the months of March and April were extremely quiet. Not a lot of people were looking at homes, or I don't yeah. think the, the home sales were there either. No, March and April uh, of last year were were really 2020. quiet. It, 2020, sorry. We're really yeah. quiet, but I think that that was us just trying to learn how to navigate amongst this pandemic. And then once we learned how to navigate and show homes virtually, uh, do everything virtually, um, adapt to, to Zoom and to all sorts of different platforms, the, the market just took off. I mean, June, July, August, September, like those months were just really, really robust in 2020. And we didn't really stop. I mean, in 2021, I didn't think it was going to be as crazy as it was. It just went absolutely nuts. And you know, and, 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 you know, and, and then we continued right into 2022. And it's like, in the last 26 months, our average sale price is up 74% or wow. the equivalent or the equivalent of $193,000. In the last two months, we're up 32.3% equivalent of $76,000. That's how quick our market has just gone boom, right through the roof. And no sign of it slowing down, is there? Well, no, there's not, but there's, we're, I'm seeing some signs of some listings starting to hit the market. We almost had as many listings as sales this week. You know, there's 499 homes that were listed and 535 that sold. So pretty much anything that's listing is selling. Um, but we are starting to see a few more listings hit the market, which is great. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, we're, we're, I said to, to, to my assistant, Jocelyn, I said, why are we a little bit slow on the leads on our properties? We used to have tons of action on our properties and people calling in wanting to see them because they're selling so quick. You know, so we're, we're trying to find a way to keep them on the market a little bit longer to generate a little buyer interest on them. But before they're, they're actually gone. And it's just, I mean, like I said before, if you're, you're looking to sell in this market, you're, you're hitting a home run. If you're looking to buy, prepared to be a little bit frustrated if you're not working with the right people. So it's, it's a tough, tough buyer's market. Still into the multiple offer situation? I would imagine so if they're going that quick. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing lots of multiple offers. Uh, there's no buyer fatigue just yet. Uh, you know, we did see that last year. We saw it very robust up until about June. And then we saw buyer fatigue and people just, you know, climb out of the market because they were tired of it. We're not seeing that yet. We might see it, you know, over the next probably three or four months, we might see some buyer fatigue, but definitely not yet. I mean, there's, there's lots of buyers getting into homes and we're seeing homes that are selling for, well, we had one this week. It was a 2,150 square foot um, single in Orleans. Nice house listed at 799 sold for 1.1 1. 1. Wow. 2150 square feet like i would have thought maybe in my entire career i wouldn't have seen a 2100 square foot home sell for 1.1 1. 1. and it, it's happened it's happened quick five years ago that would have been what 500 less 550 maybe yeah. maybe 600 you know i was actually working with a guy this week who's got a beautiful home in, in the orleans area it's a bigger home. It's a 3,200 square foot home plus a finished basement. And, you know, he's hoping to get somewhere. Well, I better not say where he's hoping to get, but in, into the, you know, the mid millions. Yeah. Um, and we were talking, we're like, you know, two years ago before this pandemic started, I'd be probably talking to you about your house being about 750. That's, that's how much like, he's almost, he's almost doubled in what his house should be really listed for and sold for because of what's just gone on with this market. Frank, has it changed the type of people that get attracted to you to look for a mortgage? Well, I, I, I think what's uh, what's concerning now is the fact that we've seen interest rates go up tremendously in the last 13 months, 14 months, and we're seeing what's happening overall. I mean, not only the unrest uh, with Russia and Ukraine, but um, you know, gas prices and just at home what's happening with everything. So... Has it changed? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people are feeling like they cannot afford housing in Ottawa anymore. And, you know, some of the pre-approvals that we had a short six, eight, 12 months ago have put their hands in the air and, and just, you know, accepted the fact that they may not be able to get into a home anytime soon uh, unless they save more down payment or unless, uh, you know, if, if it's a couple, they may have to wait until they get a few more increases. And like I said, save a little more down payment. It's not it certainly doesn't feel as healthy. The eyes say a different test than what Statistics Canada say. They can say all the jobs in the world, but the eyes tell you a different story. The eyes tell you that there are people struggling. And I can tell you, I went to a restaurant last night, and that restaurant normally on a Friday night, and the weather was so-so, but still, it would have been hustling and bustling. It was probably at about 65% capacity, and that uh, usually never happened on a Friday night. Even, yeah, with, even with 337,000 new jobs, Frank? Boy, I don't know where they are, but uh, again, the eyes tell you a different story. Uh, the, the feel is different. It doesn't feel like we're in a booming economy like stats can might tell us. Uh, it just feels a little bit different. I think people are nervous. There's no question about that, though. All right, let's go to the phones. David's been waiting for a while. Good morning, David. Yes, good morning. We're ready. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a situation where we... Uh, listed our home and uh, we've had second thoughts we don't want to move am i liable to any commission or is it between me and the agent me and the, the company yeah so it's it's between it's between you and the agent but also you and the company i mean if the agent wants to still hold you into your contract uh just i would just talk to the uh, to the broker owner of the of the company because you're 
you know, you might want to reimburse him. If you, if you did a professional photography or something like that, you might want to re- reimburse him for the photography because you're not selling anymore. But I mean, that, that happens to us. We let people out of, our, out of their contract all the time. I mean, if you don't want to sell your home, it's your home. We can't make you sell it. So, okay. you know, I would just have, I just have a conversation with your agent. Uh, if they did do professional photography, you may want to reimburse them for that because they did put out costs for it. But yeah. other than that, there's no way they're getting, you know, you can just cancel all the showings. Just anytime someone wants to see it, just say, no, I'll cancel the showing. So he'll let you out of the contract. I'm almost let, positive. Let me take it uh, one step further then. It's a, it's a divorce case and I want to buy my uh, my wife out. What do yeah. I owe for the commission? Well, if you're not no, you selling it, you shouldn't have to pay any commission. I yeah, you don't think, know. You don't. But... Yeah, you don't. You don't know any commission if you're not selling it. The only. The only. I mean, you're selling. You're probably selling it privately to your wife, right? No, to I would, I'm going to keep it. You're going to keep it, okay? You're going to keep it and buy out your wife. Yeah. So that, no, yeah. you don't know. You don't know any commission whatsoever to that agent. That's a. That, so even after we've shown it several times, uh, and uh, I see the offers, and I see, I take off the commission. I take off the mortgage prepayment fee, and I take off all the fees. It doesn't make any sense. I'd like to just buy her out. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can buy her out because you only have to uh, pay the agent if the agent has brought you the people, right, Frank? Uh, right, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. If you've sold that home, you, I mean, you have to pay the agent. But if you're, if you change your mind on selling the property, t- okay. trust me, it happens. It happens. It, 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 it's happened to us many times that people just okay. decide they don't want to sell anymore. Very well. Just Thank, have a thanks. conversation with the agent. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, and I would say it's a sign of good gesture. I mean, you know, reward the agent at some point with a referral if one of your friends or anybody you know is selling your house. At least, you know, make it up to the agent that way. I mean, but the, if the agent's going to give you a hard time, then then obviously yeah. it's a different story. But if the agent understands what you're going through and acknowledges it and, and you know, abides by and lets you out of the agreement, then, you know, hopefully – karma comes around and uh, you reward the agent at some point. And that's, that's what we always ask too, Frank, like we'll let him out. Now, now I have a lot of costs before a house. Real estate might be the only industry where you don't get paid, but you have to put out all these costs until you actually sell the property. You know, like I bring in professional photographers, we do staging. Um, you know, I have a, a guy who delivers the sign and puts the lockbox on. I have my men's time that, you know, to put the listings on. So, it's, you know, I got a, probably about a thousand dollars in every listing just before it even hits the market. Um, and it happens, or you cancel that listing. But what we would say is exactly what Frank said. I mean, you don't owe us any money, but you know, you obviously chose us for a reason. So the next time you hear of someone who's thinking of buying and selling, just think of us, and that's that's all we would ask for is just think of us if you, if you know someone who's buying and selling. Yeah, and usually it's a unique situation, right, Paul? I mean, like a divorce or something. Once you've decided to sell, most people go ahead and sell. Oh, for sure, for sure. But you know, I, he probably should have done a little bit of his homework before he decided to sell. Like, you know, he should have looked, took into account his mortgage and his, you know, um, you know what a realtor's commission will be, his lawyer's fees before you even think of selling your property. But uh, you know, maybe the offers are coming in lower than he had hoped. You know, like I, I maybe he had an expectation that he was going to get, uh, you know, such and such a dollar, and at that dollar it made sense. But at a lower dollar, it doesn't make sense. He'd rather stay and, and buy out his wife, which is obviously what's happening. Speaking of which, our expectations still stupid high for sellers stupid high. Like, <laughs> like 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 people are people are listing their home and actually saying like let's say we list one at 800 they're actually saying i won't sell until i get 1.1 well come on you know like just because your neighbor got 1.1 but your neighbor was 300 square foot bigger it had a finished basement it had a pool like the, the seller's expectations are really really so we listen so are buyers we have buyers who have a pre-approval to let's say 600,000 and they're seeing a home at, that hits the market at five seventy five, thinking they have a chance of getting it. I'm like, well, that five seventy five is going to go at about seven seven fifty. So you're not even looking in the right bracket right now. So buyers and sellers need to temper their expectations for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, what's your, what's your average approval, Frank? People, most average. People, uh, uh, well, the average mortgage even last year was in the fours. So, which again, I mean, it's quite high compared to, you know, when we started the show, uh, it, it was in the low twos. So, I mean, I mean, it's gone up quite a bit. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think that this year the average will be touching five. Uh, again, I mean, what brings that number down is the fact that you know we've got a lot of clients that they're coming up for renewal. And the mortgages, when they bought their properties, they bought them for three, four hundred, and now they're in the twos with their yeah. mortgage renewals. So we've got a lot of clients that bring that number down. But if you know, uh, you know, if you were to ask me, what's the average mortgage for a purchase versus overall, the purchase will easily be into the fives when it comes to uh, the average mortgage, and probably mid to high fives. So, and how much house uh, is that getting people these days? Not a lot, right? right? Depending on your down payment, I mean, if, you know. Uh, you know, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, you're well into the sevens on the average housing cost anyway. So, um, right, Paul? I mean, a townhouse sixes, if you're lucky now, realistically yeah. into the sevens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the average sale price in Ottawa is 722000 So it's, you know, your, your townhome, you can get a townhome in the sixes, you're getting a good deal. Yeah. Boy, who thunk we would have said that just a short two years ago? No kidding. Who would have thunk that? I wonder what we're going to be saying two years from now. Boy. Well, that's, that's it. I, I told this story before. I remember going in to see a builder and this was during the pandemic and they're selling middle unit townhomes for four eighty five. And I laughed at the salesperson. Two months later, I went in and I said, I need to get one. They're like, sorry, they're all gone. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back with Paul Rushforth and Frank DePolitano. To the phones we go. Say hello to Connor in Orleans. Hello, Connor. Hi. I know you guys do birthdays at the end, but it's my son's third birthday today. <laughs> hey, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to your son. What's your, son's, awesome. what's your son's name? Francis. Francis. Happy birthday. Oh, Francis. great name. Great so, name. Frank. So Frank Connor uh, Connor called me actually this week and he had a question for me and I said that would be a great question for to bring up on the on the radio for Frank so people can learn so Connor's a question for you. Yeah, my wife's mad at me and I have some advice that I need and Paul just gave really bad advice. For <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay, so it, it's a slight variation of what Paul and I were talking about, but. Um, I appraised, or I refinanced one of my houses late last summer after the big spike had had already happened and things had kind of tapered off a little. And I'm I'm hoping to do the same thing now uh, this year, but I want to wait until let's call say bank appraisals start to catch up with the new market value. And I'm wondering in in your experience. How long does it take for, for bank appraisals to to catch up to the, the new market values that are out there? Well, in my opinion, they've caught up already because the uh, real estate appraisers that, that generally the lenders use have up-to-date information of what property properties have sold. So they don't necessarily just go on when they actually close, but they've actually got the updates of properties that have sold, even though they may not have closed yet. So in other words, you know, if a property down your street, similar houses you sold last week, and it's not closing until May, like the, the, reg, the registry office won't have that information until May, but real estate appraisers have access to that information now. So they're able to use that, that information 
as we speak. So per, again, personally, I have never come across um, appraisals coming in low because there's a waiting time. Now, if you only have one similar home like yours, I, again, the challenge that most appraisers have is comparables. Their job and what the bank requires them to do is to have similar homes, uh, comparables that you know generally close within three to six months. Sometimes, depending on if it's rural, you have to extend it to nine to 12 months, but generally speaking, they'll find three comparables in that three to six month period. And then what they'll do is if you ever, you know, if you've ever seen an appraisal report, what they'll do is they'll talk about the strengths of your house versus the other houses and put a dollar value to it, but they'll also do the same thing on the weaknesses. So if a house that's sold similar to yours, but one had four bedrooms and yours, yours has got three, they put a price value on that fourth bedroom and therefore they just devalues that way. So like in my experience, I think if you wanted to, you know, if the market is hot now, uh, then I don't think you wait another two or three months because I don't personally, I don't believe there's a catch up period at all. Hate to say it, but I agree with Frank. Well, I'm used to it, Paul, you saying it. But so. what, if, what if prices go, <laughs> what if the values go up in the next two months? Well, again, then you got to wait. I mean, now, now you're playing a speculation game, whether prices are going to go up or not. I mean, my opinion is that I think real estate prices are going to start to stabilize because everything else around us is so expensive that I think, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want to have a discussion with Paul, uh, you know, later on about what's going to happen with properties in the outskirts now that gas is at two and two fifty. Are some of those people that bought in the outskirts that may have to go back to the office all of a sudden are they in a position where they may be forced to sell and get back into the city because the cost of gas and everything else is so expensive for them to, uh, to live out there? But you know, uh, you know, you're speculating. Then I mean, you know, if you want to wait two months because you think prices of homes are going to continue to go up then do it because you think the price of homes are going to go up, but don't do it because the market's going to catch up because appraisers are up to date. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'm not in a big mm-hmm. rush, but do I have time for one more? Or is there someone behind? Yeah, me? of course. Oh, yeah, go go for it. So I've mentioned before, we are in the process of converting our basement to a, to have a secondary dwelling unit and it's, it's a legal unit. It's not a, an in-law suite. Awesome. So good. But here's the, the issue. I, I've, I have some friends who have done that, and they've always had problems with bank appraisals coming in low, at least in their minds. Maybe they're just they have exaggerated views on their property values, but because uh, there's just not as many comparables out there. Um, and I wanted to know have, if you've refinanced any in the last year or so, and if, if you've had experience with that. I have, and you're absolutely right. Generally, the problem that the appraisers have is that there's not enough of them out there in certain neighborhoods. In some neighborhoods, there's more of them, and in certain neighborhoods, you might be the first or the second or the third, and those other ones haven't sold yet, so therefore, that comparable is not there. Uh, that being said, um, you know, I, I, I also do think that, like you said, I mean, some people are unreasonable with what that second unit adds to the value of the home. So, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense because now you're generating a good rental income for that unit, but it doesn't always translate to what the value of the property is. There are times when, you know, depending on where, where the house is at and what neighborhood it's in, uh, it, it may not match. So uh, you're right. I mean, I do think that some people have unreasonable uh, expectations of what the property value is based on that secondary unit being there. And I think the Paul can probably vouch for that, too. Yeah, I, I believe you're, you're Orleans, eh, Connor? I am. 
Yeah, so Orleans is not a huge area for secondary dwellings. I mean, what's, what most likely will happen is the appraiser will come in and probably appraise that house like a house, not like a duplex, like you're hoping they'll appraise it too. Because like, I think that's what you're hoping, that they're going to appraise you like you're like a true duplex, which I don't think the appraiser will do. I think the appraiser will probably pra- appraise you. They, I mean, Frank would probably know better about this, but the appraiser will probably appraise you as a house. But they'll put a premium. They'll put a premium on it that the fact that there's a secondary unit, but you may not get the same value as a legitimate, you know, standalone duplex. You know, it might be a little less, but they should definitely give you a premium value based on the fact that you do have that secondary unit. It just may not equate to what I put into renovating it like it would for perhaps other kinds of construction projects. Uh, agreed like again i mean you could over and you're not over renovating it i think but what you are adding value from a standpoint of the cash flow on that property is significantly better uh and i think you know it might not happen today the value may not be there today but as we start to see the prices of housing increasing and like we have uh i think we're going to start to see a lot more secondary units starting to be added to some properties and i think the city is going to be much more open to doing it as well and therefore, you're going to start to see more sales. And therefore, again, that value will reflect what you want it to be. And much more attractive to investors, well, too. To anyone yeah. who's thinking of doing it, I will say the city has actually been very good to wow. deal with. Wow. Oh, good. That's I, good I to hear because with, normally yeah. that's the red flag is the city just absolutely drives people nuts that they don't want to do it anymore. See, there's yeah. there's a zillion questions that come up as as you're doing it. And um, they've, they respond to emails quickly. The inspector has been very reasonable. The, the plan reviewer was very like helpful throughout the whole thing. So I was, I'm very happily surprised with how good the city's been to deal with. So, so, so really not doing it for that, please bear my words. So really Connor, the wow. only mistake you made was ask. Asking Paul for advice other than real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my wife's not mad at me anymore. And happy birthday, your little guy. That's awesome. Way to go, Francis. Yes. Thanks, Connor. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580-CFRA. Back with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushforth. Back to the phones we go. This guy's got to be pretty smart. His name is Steve. Hello, Steve. How are you today? Ah, great, thanks. Good. I'm trying to decide whether I should list uh, my house, and then I have a house next door, like list the both of them at the same time. List the one without the dog. Yeah, I listened. <laughs> That's Frank. Frank, push mute on yours until you're ready to talk. Is, uh, that, is that your dog, Frank? It is. Oh, sorry, Steve. I thought it was yours. <laughs> so, Steve, so, Steve, your question is: You have two homes. You're thinking of listing them both, or you're going to? You were thinking of listing one first, the other one next. Yeah, and I, and I'm not sure if I wanted to. I'm not sure if I should do that. People say you shouldn't. Uh, you yeah. know that. You should sell one, but I'm thinking with both tied together, it's it's sort of a developer's dream as well because of the size of both lots. So, uh, is it is is it, is it a, like a teardown? Is it like a developer's dream, like a teardown? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. One would be, you know, it's over 50 years old, but it's been all redone. Uh, the other one is about five, six years old. So, so why would you go into competition with yourself, Paul? 
Well, it's like, first of all, where are you? What area of the city? Uh, River, Riverside and Hunt Club. Riverside and Hunt Club. Um, yeah. Where would you go? So you're living in one. Who's living in the other? I haven't rented at the moment, but I don't, I don't like the rental game. So I had both of them, and I was living in one, and then I ran a business uh, uh, out of the other one, and then I moved back into the other one, and then I had an approach to rent it, so I rented it. But where would you? Uh, where would you move to? Dominican Republic. Oh, okay, okay. And you already have a place down there? Yeah. I would list them both together then. However, however, what if yours sells first? Are you going to just go down to Dominican and let the other one sell? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, then if you have no, I, I would probably list them both. Yeah, absolutely, you're in competition with, with yourself, but who cares? You might have someone come in there and buy them both and knock it yeah, down and put in a big put in a big property. So, that, I, so you, I would list you would. Yeah, you would suggest listing both. I would. I would list them both. And I'll tell you what, the market right now is like for someone in your circumstance where you're actually going to Dominican and you yeah. don't have to buy a house here in Ottawa, you are in a total driver's seat. Because, I mean, if you told me I still have to buy a house, I'd be like, okay, well, we got, yeah. let's start with the purchase first. Then we'll look at the listing of your house. But yeah. no, I would, get, I would get them listed right now because it's the time of year. It's absolutely crazy right now. And you're going you're gonna to get a great price for your home. And that's that's the other the other thing is that I've had some opinions on what they're worth, and it's like wow, man, like I, I don't get it. Like I mean, one is a custom built home, yeah, and one is a, a truly renovated beauty as well. But the prices that people come in with, because there's no comparables, you're finding them high or low, Steve. Well. They're they're talking low, uh, and I'm thinking I'm thinking it's worth a lot more than that. But that, you know, I'm I could be biased because of mine. Um, but at the well, end of the day, at the end of the day, like I mean, square footage, location, size of the lots, like they they should be well, well up. What 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 do you believe to be the price of the homes? Probably the newer one, about two point two. Okay. And the other one probably—it's hard to say because it's all been remodeled. It's a beautiful house, and it's on a bigger lot. About how many square feet, one? Steve? Uh, one's thirty-nine, and one's five thousand. Yeah, so those oh, are, wow. yeah, there's big homes. Okay, so let let me let me tell, take that back that a developer is going to come in and knock them down because at those prices, a developer's not coming in unless they can do something major on that lot. That's so you're right. selling them to somebody who's going to live in them for sure. Um, right. So, so yeah, so, I mean... Would the, you sell the best, the, would, Paul, would you sell the more expensive one first to get a, a, a price for the second home? I would honestly, I would honestly put them both on the market and, and they both will drive up the price of each other. Uh, I would put them both on the market. Um, Steve, if you want an opinion of value, if you want us to go take a look at them and tell you exactly what we think they are, I have Mike in my office standing on the phones right now. He can set something up for you. Um, mm-hmm. We'll tell you exactly what we believe we can get for your properties. I, I'm curious about the comparables. If there's nothing around to compare, then how do you come up with the with the dollar value then? Lots of different ways. There will be something to compare. Now it may not be in your price range, but you know it could be something smaller that we add on to the price to get you where you need to be. The other thing too is we could look at what it would cost for your lot and to build a home similar to that. So we can go mm-hmm. by cost cost per square foot. We could look at it that way too. 
Um, and mm-hmm. then to be honest with you, other ways is, is, you know, getting it on the market and you're, you can never underprice a home. You can always overprice a home though. So if your house is, if you think it's worth 2.2 and other people are telling you it's worth 1.7 and you list it at 1.7, if it's worth 2.2, you're going to get your 2.2, you know? So it's just finding that right price to get you top dollar. Cause even at your price range, we are still yep. seeing getting worse. Not as much, really? but we are still seeing them. And if you listen to 1.7 and you you get an offer of 1.7 only, you don't have to take it either, Steve. No, I no. no, 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 no. So you're in the driver's seat anyhow. You're in the driver's seat for sure. Yeah, especially if you go with Paul. Well, there's not no- not, not only are you in the driver's seat if you go with Paul, Paul, you're in the back seat and he's the limo driver. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Paul started using uh, the old uh, "Give You the Cube Van" in the moving to help you move. Uh, Still do way it back when. Still do it. Still do it. I still, will, still have moving trucks. Deliver my trucks to, to another country. <laughs> will you, can he drive it? To, not, can he drive it to the Dominican? Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's Thank it. you. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Good luck with that. Thanks. Okay, back. Interesting conundrum. You don't come often across somebody that wants to sell two properties side by side in the same neighborhood. Yeah, and you know, to be honest with you. I thought he was probably going to say he's in somewhere like a Westboro and he's got some rundown shacks and, you know, he's going to sell these to a developer who's not going to knock them down. Like no one's knocking down a 5,000 square foot home in the $2 million range. And no one's knocking down a 3,900 square foot home in the $2 million range either. Like Unless you're putting in an apartment building, right? <laughs> well, that's it. Unless unless it's zoned for something major, would you do that? But you have to be zoned for like a multi-multi-multi-unit or a small apartment building or something like that to order to make, to any, make any money on that. Because, you know, at $4 million, in, in dirt to knock it down. Mm, I don't think there's many developers doing that unless it's major. Hey, let me get your take on this. Cause we talked briefly about uh, duplexes with uh, the guy fixing his, his basement and separate entrance and everything. If you were to buy a rundown property and convert it into a duplex like that, would that be a good investment, Paul? Um, yes. And all the, once again, it all depends on the area, right? There's certain areas that don't really care for, for legal units or duplexes or anything like that. There's others that crave it. Like, you know, anywhere around the downtown core uh, is, is craving those type of those type of units or even around the colleges or the universities, they crave those type of units. But, you know, if you're in Orleans or Canada or Barhaven, there's not a huge demand for that type of property at all. Yeah, I'm just uh, wondering and, now with people moving in together, you know, if you had that opportunity, you might be able to at least get some help with your rent or be a good investment. Well, you know what we're seeing right now is we're seeing some builders who are actually starting to uh, build single but attached you know and i know builders have been doing it in the past you know when they do the attached bungalows and stuff like that but we're starting to see it a little bit more and we're starting to see a lot of sort of and it's, it's not a it's not a row unit it's two singles that are attached together so it's almost like a semi but it's really two singles attached together that you can get two families in you know sometimes they even share the main door to get into it so we're probably going to see a little bit more of that as as the prices skyrocket as the pandemic slowly comes to an end as gas is going up grocery are going up everything is just not affordable right now so it's we might see start seeing that a little bit more any hoops to jump through frank if people want to go together on a mortgage well there's no hoops to 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 jump through i mean as long as you qualify it's your standard qualifying as far as doing that but uh, again i mean i always caution people uh you know you want to make sure that you have a an agreement in place uh, at the time of the transaction so that uh there's an out clause somewhere if somebody wants to get out of that transaction and and uh, unfortunately, I've seen it too often where it gets ugly and lawyers get rich and uh, uh, could have all been avoided if everything was dealt with up front. 
Yeah, but it's, isn't that a lot like marriage? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good For point. For some, yes. Yeah. <laughs> very good point. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank Napolitano. Back to the phones we go. Say hello to Rita in Orleans. Hi, Rita. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning. Morning. Good afternoon. I have a question. Um, I have a home and I, I have been thinking about selling it. And when I went to talk to the lady at the bank, she said that the new home would have to be appraised, and if the appraised value is less than what you paid for the house, you have to come up with the difference. And I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, well, it makes sense what she says, except for sometimes it doesn't make a difference. So an example would be, if you had to sell your home right now, ballpark, what would you sell it for? Eight fifty. Ballpark, how much of a mortgage do you have? 80000 Okay, so you've got a significant down payment. The next home you buy, what price range are you looking at? Mm, nine. Nine. So uh, so you're going to need a mortgage. Let's say worst case scenario, 200000 It won't be that much. It'll probably be less than that. But let's say 200000 Yeah. In what world... Well, an appraisal impact, number one, if an appraisal is even needed, which likely will not. But if you're buying a $900,000 home and you need a $200,000 mortgage, why does an appraisal even matter? Even if the appraisal came back at seven hundred, you're still going to get the two hundred if you qualify for it. So, again, that's where it doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense when someone is buying with 5% down or 10% down. Uh, and then there's some impact based on the fact that if you're buying a house for 900 and it comes in at 700, now we have a problem because you only have $100,000 down payment. But if you've got a significant down payment like you do, um, then yeah, it has no impact whatsoever. Like I said, most banks won't even do an appraisal on the house because it's just a waste of money and time because really it has no impact. Uh, the value is there clearly and you've got a significant down payment. So um, you know, and again, some banks will do appraisals. Uh, I think as a consumer, you have to be able to call your bank uh, out at that point and say, you want to do an appraisal, do an appraisal, but I'm not paying for it. You guys pay for it because I have no idea why you need an appraisal for a $200,000 mortgage on a $900,000 house. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like I just, I just didn't get the logic behind any of it. And I mean, the houses are so overpriced right now. Like the house in Orleans that Paul said sold, it was listed for seven ninety nine and sold per, for one point one. Well, that house theoretically isn't worth one point one. There's not one point one worth of wood and windows and doors and, yep. and land. So, but a, but a house is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Then you know, no different on your house. I mean, you could say you think you sell your house for eight hundred, but if somebody offers you eight seventy five. Believe it or not, that's what the house is worth because the the value is set by the buyers. It's not set by realtors. It's not set by buyers set what market values are of homes. And that house would cost $2 million in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, or same house is, uh, you know, it's $550,000 in Florida. Yeah. Like, like it's mind-boggling to see 
the difference from one center to another, you know, and, and we do. You're right. I mean, we start to think that is wood more expensive in Ottawa than it is in in, uh, in Florida? Well, probably a little bit more, but there's it's the land. The land makes up the majority. The land and the tradespeople is what makes up the majority of the cost to build a house. Well, even more so than that, you go back 30 years, you weren't paying much for wood, and you're still selling the house for the same amount as the one right. next door. <laughs> Okay, so I'll just tell the bank if they want an appraisal, it's on their dime because it didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, I'd go with. Nope, I'd makes go with, no sense. I'd go with Frank anyway. I'd call Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for your information. Thanks, Rita. Thanks. Bye. You know, it's 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 funny that you say that, Frank. Like, is that house worth one point one? No, probably not. But will it be worth one point one in potentially over the next month or two? Yeah, it probably will be. But. It is worth 1.1. Someone paid 1.1, right? Yep. It's location. It's what someone's willing to pay. And I always tell people when I go into appraise a home, they say, well, what do you think it's worth? And I'm like, it's so hard to tell. A buyer in this crazy market who's so desperate, and there's so much demand on that property. If he's willing to pay 1.2, but I really think it's only worth a million, it's worth 1.2. It's what a buyer is willing to pay. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially when you have in a lot of cases now, you're, you're seeing five, six, seven offers that are within $10,000 of each other. So clearly... There's a number of people that think that house is worth that amount because there's a number of people that put in that offer. One of my one of my buddies put in an offer on a townhouse, and of course he got the call, which you know I don't like it, Paul. I mean, you know the call that you're in the top two that you want to sweeten your offer. I'm not a fan of that, and the reason I'm not a fan of it is because I'm sweetening up my own offer when I don't know that the other offer is lower than mine. So why do I got to pay more? He ended up losing it by three thousand bucks, but. He was still at comfort knowing that he wasn't going to outbid himself. Like, it makes no sense to outbid yourself. But you're not, though, Frank. A good, reputable realtor, and there's lots of them in the city, a good, reputable realtor will only do that if it's, like, neck and neck. And he wants to, one, if I'm working for the seller, I'm going to squeeze a couple nickels out if I can. But at the same time, I'm going to be fair. If your offer comes in at, you know, 550 and Steve's comes in at 551, I'm going to go back to both of you and say, you're very similar. Does anyone want to sweeten their offer a little bit? And someone goes up five, someone goes up 10 and they, and they win that. It, that's, that's doing your job. And as a listing agent, I'm not working for that buyer. I am working for my seller and, and doing the right thing. You got to do the right thing and not, not screw the buyers out of money. But at the same time, you're working for your seller. If two offers are similar, you have the right to go back and say, do you want to sweeten up your offer a little bit? You yeah. The key word, you're working for your seller. I, I agree. I don't disagree except for, again, there are cases when, You've got somebody outbidding themselves, and maybe the second person wouldn't go up on the offer. So now I'm going to bid another ten thousand when I was already going to get it anyway, ten thousand dollars less. That's the risk, and I think that's why you know we might see a policy change to the blind bidding because of that specific scenario right there. Yeah, I would like to think. I would like to think that the realtors are very reputable and, and are doing the right thing as well. Like I'd hate to see someone be at 540 and someone at 555 and you go back and still trying to get that negotiation going. That's yeah. wrong. I mean, but, and, you know, and, I, and you run the risk of losing them both then too, right? You do. You do. You run the risk of someone saying, you know what? I'll oh, forget it. I'll just drop out. And which probably doesn't happen too often in this market, but you are running the risk and you're, you're not doing the right thing. But I'd like to think that, you know, realtors are doing the right thing for sure. Hey Frank, we got a provincial election in a few months. Do you think we're going to see any changes to the regs? Hard to say. I mean, usually elections, we always see some kind of change, but the the province has more regulation changes that will impact Paul's business, I think the real estate business, than they do on the mortgage side. A lot of the mortgage stuff is regulated federally, where on the real estate side, a lot of it is uh, regulated provincially. So I think, if anything, you'll see some, uh, some you know, little 
little things uh, changed maybe that the provincial government will have a say in. Yeah, I only ask because it's the feds that came up with all these ideas that they don't control anyhow. So I'm wondering how that's going to work provincially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think, Paul? Anything you want to see changed? Um, well, you know what they're talking about, the home inspections. They're talking about the blind bidding. Uh, there's a lot of things that they, they talk about changing. I don't see anything really changing anytime soon. Um, you know, I think it's a lot of hot air as usual. I like the home inspection Paul, idea, Paul, though. Paul, the home inspection's coming, I'm telling you. There's no way that it's that's not, not coming. Yeah. But that's not a bad no, idea. No, I, I'm, I'm no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, It's a win-win yeah. for everybody. I know it's, well, except for the vendor, right? I mean, if the vendor's got to pay for it. Up front, that's a cost of selling a home. So yeah, yeah well, you, um, they'll make it back on the other end for sure. That's what I think too. Yeah, birthdays, Frank. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, I've got uh, Amanda and Alexia from my office celebrating their birthday. My uh, good buddy Waldo, Mike the Palo, celebrating his birthday this week, and uh, my daughter, one of my best friends' daughters that were born thirty minutes apart, both celebrating their birthdays this week. Alessandra and. My beautiful daughter, Katrina, the happiest probably day of my life, holding that baby for the first time, your first baby. Certainly, uh, I can go back the 31 years and I remember everything about that day. That's how special that moment is. So happy birthday to Katrina. And then speaking of supporting local charities and businesses like uh, like we all do, Villa Marconi, uh, great, um, a great home, long-term uh, care home uh, in Ottawa, is having a fundraiser because they've got to replace their roof. So... Uh, you know, just go to VilaMarconi.com slash donations to help them out. We're really going to have so to start doing one, one hour show, Frank. I was going to say, yeah. we're going to have to start doing Frank's birthdays <laughs> at the beginning. It's your son's birthday, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so I got two. I got uh, Kevin Price and Bridget from my real estate team. They both celebrated their birthday on the 9th, so happy birthday to both of them. And my uh, my son, Hunter, turns 18 tomorrow, so happy birthday, Hunter. Oh. Wow, he's in Gatineau. Is he already in Gatineau uh, <laughs> getting a beer or no? No, he's, he, I don't think he's a kid that would be into drinking, I can tell you that. No, uh, awesome. All right, have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week, everyone, and, and happy St. Patty's Day this week. Move that clock. 